Welcome to Total SF, Heather Knight and Tony Bravo. Uh, this is our first date episode, and I'm getting a little first date energy because I think this is the first time we have recorded an intro together. I have no idea what the protocol is for who picks up a check in a thruple date, by the way, Peter. Um, I feel like it should probably be split three ways, but I don't know. I'm going to have to consult my Emily Post on this. I feel like this expense report for the Chronicle could be very spicy. Absolutely. Yes, very spicy. Well, we're in front of the Conservatory of Flowers, uh, more specifically right in front of the beautiful Dahlia Garden. This was your choice, Heather. Why are we here? Because the dahlias are in full bloom. It is August, better known in these parts as Foggest, which means everybody should come out to JFK Promenade. There's banners along here now calling it a promenade, not a drive, and stop at the Dahlia Garden. Um, they're looking beautiful. We can see red, pink, yellow, orange. Just they're all in full bloom, looking great. I feel like one of the great things about the Dahlia Garden is that when San Francisco is at its grayest, the Dahlias are at their most colorful. Exactly. Well, we are going to go over first dates. We're going to talk a little bit about some of our first dates in San Francisco. We're all married. Uh, we're going to go over what we think are the best first dates in San Francisco. We do have a little bit of newish business, though, Heather. We have a movie night coming up. We do. A movie I've still not seen, but it sounds great with the cast. Um, it's Sneakers at the Balboa Theater, August 25th. Are you free for another date, Tony? Perhaps. <laughs> um, I've actually never seen Sneakers either. Well, August 25th at the Balboa Theater, cinemasf.com. Get your tickets now. We sell out and we've had a lot of interest so far. Um, Norton the Itzit will be there. Norton the Itzit will be there. And more new business, our phone line. We've been getting a lot of calls. 415-777-7413 to ask us a question, leave a comment, read some haiku, whatever you want to do. At the end of this episode, we will play our first couple of um, phone messages that I've gotten, Heather, and I'm very excited. I'm excited. I haven't heard them yet. Well, we're here at the Dahlia Garden. First date energy getting stronger. Uh, awkwardness <laughs> getting stronger. You know what? It's because usually on a first date, and it's been a while since I've had one, there was alcohol involved. That is key. That's, That's the true. thing that cuts through that first date energy. I'm Peter Hartlub here with Heather Knight and Tony Bravo in Golden Gate Park waiting for a drink cart to come by. And this is Total SF. Waiter. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so we're going to pick our first dates. It's draft style. We do not know what the other person is picking. It could get contentious, sometimes does. Heather gets to go first. But before that, I wanted to ask you about your first dates in San Francisco. Have you had first dates in San Francisco, and what do you remember from them? And Tony, let's start with you. I had many a first date in San Francisco. Some of you might remember that I wrote the relationship column for the style section for about three years, where... I covered a lot uh, of first dates, and usually uh, based on people that I met online or on apps, because that was um, kind of the new way that people were coupling uh, about six years ago when I was writing the column. Um, I am I'm now happily married two and a half years. I will say, one of our more memorable among our first dates was we went to a big fancy party that I was covering in tuxedos, I think at the Legion of Honor, and uh, it was a finger food night, so we ended the evening at the Mel's on Lombard, full formal wear, 
with a veggie burger and fries. Oh, that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah, and then after our wedding and our reception, we uh, recreated the tradition. Mel's with our uh, women of honor. See, that's what I love. I love a first date that you can recreate that like 50 years later, you're still telling the story. And Mel's might be around in 50 years. Yeah, Mel's, I think it's Mel's cockroaches and (laughs) share that will be around in 50 years. Heather, your first dates in the city? Well, my husband and I just marked 15 years of marriage. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Our wedding was in the Presidio at the main chapel, reception at the officers club. Um, But he visited me from London where I met him. I met him on vacation in a London pub and he surprised me with a visit to San Francisco, um, helped along with our best friends. And um, so then I didn't know he was coming and then he was here for a week and I was like, oh my God, I have to make this the most perfect week ever. So he wants to move to San Francisco. So I remember taking him, he's a surfer. We did some beach trips to Pacifica, Gray Whale Cove, and um, took him on a cable car, got a drink at Top of the Mark, and I also took him to Asia SF. (laughs) (laughs) Which is reopen. Yes, and I wanted to see if he would, how long it would take him to realize that these were men (laughs) and not women dancing on the bar. And he's like, I'm from London, I got it in about 30 seconds. (laughs) I'm not visiting you from Mars. But yeah, we had a lot of fun that week, obviously, because he moved. This is like the most wonderful uh, Nora Ephron film that she didn't get the chance to write. I love that. That yes. like San Francisco was part of you romancing him. Yes, and it worked. So um, he's a proud U.S. citizen now, dual citizen. So it worked. I had one good date with my wife, Kelly. We're Only trying one? To, yeah, we're trying to. No, I've had many good dates with my <laughs> wife, Kelly. But our first date was a good first date. Okay. We went to the Alexandria Theater and saw... Was it Double Jeopardy? It's the one where Ashley Judd oh, yeah. like, oh. is convicted of killing her husband and then kills him again. That's which, Double Jeopardy. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good first date movie, but it was good. It set the standard for our marriage. And then we went to <laughs> Palermo, this little Italian place um, that was around the corner. Palermo lasted one year, and the Alexandria Theater is like... Uh, totally this wreck and no one knows what to do with it so we cursed those two things but our marriage turned out okay it was a very good first date the alexandria theater had to die so you could get married (laughs) yes yes well we have some first dates um i'm very excited for this um usually heather and i are fighting but i have a feeling i know what our first one is and i don't think we're going to double up this time um would you like to go yes I think you may have caught wind that the reason I suggested we meet at the Dahlia Garden is because the Dahlia Garden is number one on my list of first dates in San Francisco. So everybody should go on their first dates in August, clearly. Um, And I think you should walk, stroll, perhaps hand in hand up JFK Promenade where you will not be hit by a car. Go to Dahlia Garden, walk around, take in the colors, take some pictures. I thought you guys would be amused. I found the 1926 Board of Supervisors resolution naming the Dahlia the official flower of San Francisco. It's very um, kind of self-righteous about San Francisco, as we have apparently been wont to do for um, a century. So there's lots of whereases, but this is my favorite. 
whereas it is a robust flower, generous and able to thrive in any reasonable soil so long as it is not too dry and has the primitive strength of our pioneer ancestors, together with the gaiety and color that no other city nor flower can hope to equal, going like our artists and poets to carry color and beauty into far climes, but blooming best in our own gardens, out of doors, in our cool, even climates." Resolved that the dahlia be, and it is here designated the official flower of San Francisco. So what do you think about the conservatory of flowers? Do you want to couple it with that? Like maybe if your walk and talk around the dahlia garden's going good, you go yeah. to the conservatory of flowers. It can be an option to extend it, but if you're not digging the person, you can just cut it off at the dahlias. I like that. I think that all first dates need to have sort of choose your own adventure possibilities. Like if the date goes well... It will move on to dinner from just drinks. If it does not, my cat is very ill (laughs) and I need to administer its medication. Yeah. And if it goes really, really well after the conservatory, you could keep walking down JFK Promenade and take a Ferris wheel ride. Absolutely. Nice. You might be married by the end of this. <laughs> well, Tony, you're you're up next. Uh, what's your pick? Well, I don't think this will surprise both of you, uh, given uh, the visual art emphasis of a lot of my writing for date book. But I think going to a gallery or a museum is a great thing to do on a first date. You have the opportunity to talk to people. You have this stuff that you're looking at right in front of you that gives you something to talk about if you're having a hard time opening up or getting to know each other. And there are so many possibilities in San Francisco. So there's obviously the De Young and the Academy of Sciences just down the way. There's SFMOMA. There's the Minnesota Street Project down in Dogpatch, which is filled with galleries. Um, I'm going to suggest, though, uh, for our purposes, that the Legion of Honor be mm. your destination of so choice. There. It is so beautiful there. And I feel like Kim Novak every time I go in Vertigo. <laughs> and that's another extension possibility if things go well. There's also lots of potentials for extensions of that date. If things are going really well, you can take a walk to Mile Rock Beach where there's the labyrinth and beautiful views of the Golden Gate Bridge. Absolutely. You could go uh, further down to China Beach also. Um, if for whatever reason you are dying to see the golf course, that's right there. <laughs> and if your date at the Legion of Honor goes especially well, I recommend walking down the hill through the golf course to El Mansour, which is a fabulous restaurant that has live belly dancing. Ooh, oh, fun. Live belly dancing. Maybe we should do a triple date with our spouses there. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I have a list of dates and I have nothing that good. I, I have no live <laughs> belly dancing on mine. Um, I am picking, and it's very close to where we are right now too, but I'm picking the San Francisco Lawn Bowling Club, which is just over the hill there. It is the oldest municipal lawn bowling club in the U.S. Um, lawn bowling, kind of like bocce ball, but it's sort of like a milk dud shaped ball with a little bit of weight on the side and it sort of curves. There's a little added strategy to it. That's not important. What's important is there's a lot of people there. It's super old school. It's preserved like it has been for the last hundred years and they are dying for new members and they will, if you just sign up and RSVP set up a time, they'll let you go in. And our friend Andrew, uh, Andrew Keeler is a member there. He may be the one who teaches you and they'll give you a free lesson there. Um, I like the idea of, like you said, like having progressive types of things you can do. Go to the lawn bowling. Do you want to check this out? I want to check this out. It's fun. You'll meet some new people. It's sort of this 
unusual, fun thing. And then if it's going really well, you've got the Dahlia Garden, you've got the Ferris wheel, you've got the Conservatory of Flowers, um, like we talked about, all the way to getting married uh, <laughs> in the VIP Ferris wheel. There are also tons of restaurants and bars to go to in the Inner Sunset. That's a great neighborhood. That was my first neighborhood in San Francisco. So, yes, lots of extension possibilities. And I think it's good to have an activity that you're doing, like you said, with the galleries or lawn bowling so that you can bond over doing something together rather than just sometimes at a dinner face-to-face where you're talking for two hours. It can get a little... Yeah, my big Not thing is eye about. contact. Yeah. I can't make eye contact. So lawn bowling, we're side by side. I can talk and try and be clever and it's okay. Um, but I don't have to make straight eye contact. The other thing um, with my dating that was a problem was I could never eat around somebody I really liked. So I never liked a meal. I'm looking at someone and... That's like your worst. Yeah, I don't want to eat. I remember one time with Kelly, my wife, um, I got soup because I thought that would be easier to eat. And then my hand was shaking (laughs) and the soup was falling. I'm not sure why she married me. But anyway... I didn't realize that you and I shared this. I hated eating in front of people on dates. It's just not my favorite thing to do in general. So like one of the ways I knew that I was cool with my husband early on was that I could eat in front of him. That was a pretty good indicator. (laughs) Also, you never know if you got food stuck in your teeth. Yeah, and like, you know, who wants to like stare at people chewing? I mean, that's (laughs) what about that is attractive, you know? I I know we need it to continue to exist, but it can be (laughs) awkward on a date. I like, too, with lawn bowling that um, when you lose, they call it the rake of shame. The person who loses has to go, and it's like this little thing that you push around like a cart, and it sweeps up all of the balls, Mm -hmm. so... Fun. Lawn bowling. Like it. Heather, you're up. Kind of going with the activity but vibe, but not too, like, you're not exerting yourself because you don't want to sweat a lot on a first date. Um, I would say take a stroll on the Great Highway when it's closed on the weekends. It's two miles and flat, so that's pretty easy. You could ride bikes instead if you want. You could roller skate if you're very advanced, like Peter. Um, but something like that. And I think you should um, bookend it perhaps with a beer at the Riptide to get, you know, get things going, loosen up. Then you do your walk and then you end at the Beach Chalet. Hopefully at sunset. Hopefully it's not, you know, banked in with fog. And you go upstairs and you get a beer and you watch the sunset together. I was hoping somebody would mention the Beach Chalet on this episode. I love the Beach Chalet. Me too. I mean, it's kind of touristy, but I love it. Yeah, you know what, though? There's a reason why tourists go to some of these places. Yeah. It's because they're awesome. Yeah. Diego Rivera mural? Am I making that up? Is that in my head? Uh, WPA, but not Re- Diego Rivera. Okay. Um, so the same era, I believe. Yeah. Uh, On the lower level. Yes, and spectacular. We have a lot of great uh, WPA, Works Progress Administration, art from the 1930s in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go with someone clueless like me, you can say it's Diego Rivera <laughs> and they won't know. <laughs> Tony. Number two. All right. Again, kind of sticking in theme of my arts and culture beat. I am going to suggest seeing something at the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. Oh. The uh, San Francisco Opera and the San Francisco Ballet and Shen Yun all perform there. <laughs> I am going to say that the first two should be your first choices. I mean, so who among us has seen Moonstruck, first of all? Oh, the movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, if a date at the opera, although they go to the Met in New York, is good enough for Sharon Nicholas Cage, you know, I don't know why it can't be good enough for you. <laughs> so, that's my terrible Brooklyn accent. Is I this high pressure if you're spending a lot of money and you have to get really dressed up, though? You, it seems like you'd want to be 
pretty invested in this person. I think you'd want to be invested. This is the first date that you've been anticipating. Like this you're is, really excited. This is the person you're really excited to go out with and also make sure that they actually like the uh, ballet or the opera, whichever you see. But I think it's a great full evening. You can have dinner either in Hayes Valley. There's a lot of great restaurants there. Absinthe is mm -hmm. usually a great uh, pre-opera ballet or symphony uh, possibility. Uh, you could eat there in the opera house. There is the restaurant in the basement level and the uh, restaurant on the box level that, that you could eat at. Uh, you could extend the date even further to drinks uh, at intermission, drinks uh, and dessert after at one of the nearby restaurants. And again, something to talk about. You know, what did you think of the part of the performance where the ballerina went like this? Oh, I liked it when she went like this, but I didn't really care for the time when she went like that. That was uncalled for. Or, <laughs> or like, you know, would you, did you like the opera? She coughed a lot. I didn't know she was going to die. Again, that's from, from Moonstruck. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. So my number two is going to be um, Presidio Bowl. And I really just wanted to do something in the Presidio. I thought about Walt Disney Family Museum, which is super cool. And even if you're not really into Disney, there's enough there to keep you interested. It's a couple hours. Basically, um, there's so much to do around there. We've got the new Tunnel Tops, Battery Bluff. Again, if the date goes well, there's places you can go. But I just love Presidio Bowl. It's basically an unchanged bowling alley from the era when that was a base just 12 lanes. To be honest, again, not a lot of eye contact in bowling. <laughs> so You're big on the bowling. You are theme. big on the bowling. If your third pick is bocce ball, Peter, yeah. we're going to we're going to know something about you. I want to roll a ball down some sort of flat surface and not make eye contact with this person on my first date. It's so lucky that I'm married. That Have you ever tried uh, Victorian parlor bowling? <laughs> it's where you throw glass balls onto a carpet. And I assume there was alcohol involved. Like, it's just, I mean, that sounds like a bit much, even for the Victorians, the state. You should do that with Kelly on your next anniversary. She'll love it. Yeah, I, will, I should do that. Uh, we just went bowling, <laughs> Kelly and I, a 20-year anniversary. Not for our 20-year anniversary. We you took, took her bowling No, I did not. I did not. I did not. We, but we did go to the Presidio. We went to the Presidio Lodge and checked out uh, some <laughs> stuff around the Presidio. Coming back to the Presidio. Um, I think Presidio Bowl, there's parking, there's a lot to do around there. I'm pro Presidio Bowl. I think it's a good first date. So let me ask a question for those of, of us, um, meaning Peter, that like to, <laughs> to do games on uh, first dates. What's the protocol on this? How hard do you compete? Oh, yeah. Do you let the other person win? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I don't think you let them win, but you don't want it to be embarrassing, like, I wouldn't keep bowling strikes if she's bowling gutter balls. And honestly, I'd just play one game and then find my way to the bar or start on a hike or something like that. And then we just wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> but, um, that's a good question. What do you think, Tony? I would say um, you're looking for a life partner here, not, uh, you know, somebody that you're going to hang out with every Thursday night on your bowling Well, it league. sounds like Peter wants that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, every marriage is different. I'm just going to put that out there. Kelly and I do go to, like, fun places for her, too. I don't know why like I'm what? all picking. I'm picking some kind of bad first dates, I feel like. It's your turn. Okay. Go ahead. Um, 
Well, I was debating. Everybody knows I love our historic transit options in San Francisco. I was debating between a cable car ride and an F car ride, but I'm going to go with F car. I think you should start at the ferry building, get either an ice cream cone, coffee, depending on what time of day it is. You can get a beer um, and then ride the F car to the Castro and see a movie at the Castro Theater. I love this date. I have been on this date. I would like to go on this date. I am so happy, by the way, that you are continuing your campaign for the F car. <laughs> it is my it is my favorite mode of transportation it's in our beautiful. city. Also, I I always feel like I'm in some great like movie that I would actually see at the Castro when yeah. I get on one of those streetcars. I get strangely excited when I see F cars. Could you imagine if you were on this date and the boat tram came up? Oh my God! You have like, to get married right then and there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think that's you know, frankly, better than anything that could possibly happen on a on a first date short of a proposal. Yeah. Has anybody tram. gotten married on the boat tram? We gotta mm, find this out. We should. We'll you could. You me. should renew your vows there, Heather. Oh yeah. Well, Tony, you can oh. take your get your number three. Uh, okay, Qu- uh, quick clarification. Are we only doing in San Francisco proper? I think there has to be a link to San Francisco. So if you're taking a ferry somewhere outside of San Francisco, that's okay. All if you're right. taking BART somewhere, we'll allow it. You got it. That was going to be my suggestion. A ferry ride either to uh, Sausalito or Tiburon. I think both of those places, right off the ferry, you've got some great options. I know they're considered a bit touristy, but again... There's, There's a, a reason, reason why the tourists keep going to these places. You've got great dining options there. You've got some wonderful shopping. At Sausalito on uh, Saturdays, I think, you have the farmer's market. But let me just speak to the romance of the ferry ride itself. I mean, first of all, if you're on a, a gay first date, you have all of these references you can make to the ferry scene in Funny Girl, <laughs> which I do every time I get on the ferry. But I mean, just being out on the water, um, getting to see both bridges, getting to look at the city from a distance, slowly receding, and then Angel Island coming up right alongside mm-hmm. you. What's not romantic about that? I love that. All right, well, that is an excellent pick. Um, I'm not kidding. I'm looking right now. I have a long list because I'm actually going to write a column about this. Uh, We're going to do a a guide with first dates, and I have 15. And I'm looking right now at miniature golf, but I'm not going (laughs) to feed that up to you because you're going to make fun of me. So I'm going to go with a bar, but not just any bar. The Royal Cuckoo Bar, which is in La Lengua, a little bit south of um, Cesar Chavez on Mission, It has the best bar lighting I have ever seen. Um, On the downside, there's like a taxidermed animal. It's like one of those types of places. But it's got an organ. LeVay Smith plays most Sundays there. It is this charming little place with vinyl records and nice bartenders and really great lighting. And there's fun stuff around it, too. You've got El Rio there, pupusas. That's kind of my new thing. I think pupusas are a good first date mm-hmm. food um not to fuel too, the lawn bowling yeah not, not too busy you could probably take a pupusa with you to the lawn bowling <laughs> but uh, a lot of uh, salvadorian restaurants around there go to the bar hopefully there's some music going on some good vibes somebody's spinning some vinyl and then take a walk around and and get a nice meal i think that'd be a fun first date i think you said two magic words by the way good lighting why are we not there right now <laughs> filming this yes Ooh. I'm trying to think, what, other, what are other good lighting bars in San Francisco? Well, uh, Tosca in North Beach. Great lighting. 
Um, yeah, so Royal Cuckoo on Mission, and if you haven't checked it out, it's a great bar. So that's that's the end, but <laughs> I wanted to check to see if you had any other on your list, anything else you want to shout out, any kind of also-rans that uh, didn't quite make the list but would be great for states. Well, I thought of our favorite small businesses seeing a movie at the Balboa Theater, potentially sneakers on August 25th, and um, also going to Green Apple Books. I mean, you could browse that place forever, and you could bond over favorite authors, favorite genres. There's a lot to talk about. I was just going to offer uh, North Beach, just the neighborhood itself. You've got city lights right there. You can find out if your date knows how to read. That's really important. <laughs> You've got a ton of galleries. You've got great restaurants. You have Washington Square. And you can also show them the butcher shop from So I Married an Axe Murder. Ooh. I'm scoring points with Heather with that Hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. <laughs> That's a good one. You can also walk up either of the staircases up Telegraph Hill and possibly see the wild parrots. Absolutely. And uh, let us not forget Coit Tower. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, another location of 1930s WPA murals, by the way. Yes. Do I sense a spinoff in the works? <laughs> <laughs> Why have the Vogue Theater on mine? The Vogue is in Presidio Heights. There's a lot of good places to eat around there. Garibaldi's is there, Cafe Luna. And Vogue shows super old movies. They, sh they tend to do more of like the 40s and 50s stuff. Wizard of Oz is coming up, Singing in the Rain. I think those would be really good first date movies. And you can have a drink there. Mm -hmm. so, so. Let me ask the group here. I mean, I think a movie is a great first date because, again, it gives you something to talk about. But also, Peter, you have to look at the screen. You don't have to look at each other the whole time. Are, are we of the position that a first date at an independent theater, hopefully, um, is a good first date option? I think so, but I'd want to be slightly confident that I'm that I like the person, not meet a complete stranger off like Match.com or something, because yeah. that's a long time to sit next to someone that you're like. I, fe I feel like that is sort of the contingency of the movie or the performing arts first date. Yeah. Is that you have to make sure that it's someone that's a interested in whatever it is you're seeing, but that like B, you want to sit next to them for two hours. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I think we've gone through some very good first dates. I'm going to do one last one. Go on our audio tour. Ooh. You can each have one of the little headphones and put it in your ear. Aww. And um, let's pitch the audio tour really quickly. Uh, Tony, yours is in the Castro. Heather and I have an audio tour that starts just like 50 feet from here in Golden Gate Park. Uh, on voice map, GPS enabled. I, I love these tours. I'm really proud of them. And I will say, because it would be weird for them to say this, that Heather and Peter's tour is fantastic. I've gone on it, and it's like, it's like you know, doing a podcast with them, quite frankly. They're practically right there with you. <laughs> I have gone on Tony's tour, and I was like talking to Tony while I was on the tour because I forgot he wasn't there with me in the Castro. I learned a ton about the Castro. I thought I knew a lot. Uh, I learned a lot. It was fun. It was very personal. So take our tours. And I know all three of us love John King's. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Um, everybody stick around on the podcast because we're going to play our first two phone calls. But Tony, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. I am always happy to be the Andy Richter to you both. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. We're good. Yay. Hello, Heather Knight, and we're back on Total SF. 
with the Total SF hotline. Is that what we're calling it? I think that works. I think that works. Our Total SF hotline, we've been getting calls um, one after the other. I almost think we have to have a separate episode. I apologize if you've called and not gotten a response, but um, I think we can declare this a success. So we have two calls today. I'm going to play them. We'll respond. But again, thank you, everybody, who's been calling in 415-777-7413. And let's play our first caller. Hi, this is Margaret, but I'm actually calling on behalf of my dog, Charlie, who you might remember as Charlie History Poodle, the little Instagram dog who came to your Emperor Norton event dressed as a fluffy little emperor. So, Charlie and I miss hearing Peter's dog, Ripley, barking in the background of the podcast. So, we have some lightning round questions for little Ripley. First, where is Ripley's favorite shop to snag a free treat? For Peter, what is your favorite dog walk for the view? But Ripley, where is your favorite dog walk for the sniff? Peter, does Ripley have any cool or unusual tricks or habits? And finally, I understand Ripley was adopted like Charlie. Charlie's an SPCA dog. Can you give a shout out to Ripley's Rescue Organization? That's it. But I just, I can't thank you enough for the amazing podcast and all the wonderful interviews and tell you how much it helps keep us connected to the community and just out doing things all the time. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So to tell the story of Ripley, we need to tell the story of Felton, the dog we met on Total Muni 2018, and you remember that, Heather. Of course. We found a stray dog um, who was running on the bus, uh, 54 Felton. Um, photographer Jessica Christian took the dog to animal care and control. Uh, we were calling the dog Felton. Turns out its real name was pretty similar, Felicia, and they did connect Felicia with her owner and all was well, but it kind of inspired you and your wife, Kelly, to want to adopt a dog because you actually thought about adopting that particular dog and then couldn't. So that's how Ripley came about. Yeah, I remember we were on Total Muni and my wife and children were like, that's our dog. We're adopting that dog. And they had been wearing on me. They had been like doing PowerPoint slides and stuff to to get me to get a dog. I was the holdout. So immediately after that, luckily, Felicia found her owner. But my kids are like, you're in. We're getting a dog. Ended up going to Milo Foundation to answer Margaret's last question, which is a wonderful rescue organization up in Richmond. And we came home with Ripley. Our We don't know what she is. She came from a hoarder home Aww. in Merced. Yeah, with 46 other dogs in a two-bedroom apartment. Wow. Um, yeah, but we think like a Jack Russell Terrier poodle mix. Um, and she's been a part of our family for four years, and she's been a part of the Total SF podcast yes. back when we, I, I know you remember when we were recording a lot um, in our living rooms and not going out and about as much as we do now. She would sometimes bark and interrupt, and I'd leave it in. Yeah, it was very cute. Yeah, so to answer the questions, the lightning round for Ripley, um, her favorite shop for a free treat is Mosley's. It's a little cafe that's on the marina near where I live in Alameda. And uh, sometimes I'll go there and get a sandwich and she'll sit nicely and uh, have a treat there. They give her a treat. That's also her favorite dog walk to Mosley's. If Mosley's is closed, I have to bring her there and show her the gate and prove to her that it's closed. Um, Favorite tricks and habits. uh, She likes to paw when she wants to be pet. But when she uh, puts her paw out and hits it on the bed or the couch or whatever, it totally looks like she's at a bar 
and drunkenly going, bartender, I'll have another. So we always <laughs> say that when she wants to be pet. Um, and finally, we don't really take her too far. Um, I had thought when we got her, we'd I'd be able to maybe take her to the Chronicle. We have work dogs there, take her on the ferry. Um, being a rescue dog, coming from a hoarder house, she's had a lot of issues. And she loves, loves, loves dogs. She loves children and she loves women, but sometimes barks at men. So um, we just kind of keep her around where we live here. And uh, and she has a good life that way, just kind of keeping it simple. So Aww. thank you for the question, Margaret. I love talking about Ripley. And that's our first question. And I will send you a T-shirt. Um, I will get you in touch with yes. you. We have our total SF t-shirts and this is how we're giving them away some of the people who call in not everybody but some of the people will get t-shirts so um, I'm going to play the next one Heather let's do it hello Heather and Peter my name is Stacy Wolf and I have been a San Francisco resident for over 22 years now uh, although originally from the Midwest after so many years here I feel like a local and this place is truly my home First, I wanted to extend my thanks to you both for your wonderful podcast. I discovered it around the new year when things were feeling particularly bleak in the city and I was starting to feel as though I was living in Gotham. So much so that I bought a miniature Batman lamp that I kept on in my living room window for several months. But your podcast reinvigorated my love affair with this most amazing of cities, so I thank you both. And you'll be happy to know that the Batman lamp has since been donated. Second, I wanted to share with you both a small adventure that I had a few months ago in the city that I thought you would appreciate, given your devotion to local bookstores. My good friend, Nicole, who lives in Castro Valley and is a dedicated reader, as am I, was bemoaning the lack of local bookstores in her area, and she had the brilliant idea of meeting up in San Francisco and spending the day visiting several local booksellers as a sort of field trip dedicated to books. So I researched all the local bookstores and tried to create a reasonable itinerary that we could complete within five or six hours in which we could either walk or take public transit. And I also compiled a list of all of the historic Carnegie San Francisco Public Library branches to see if we could visit one or two of those en route. It was very hard to decide on a good itinerary, but since I live near Union Square and Nicole was taking part into the city, that was my starting point. We began at Alexander Books in the Financial District and took the Geary bus after to Kinokuniya Books in Japantown. We then walked up Fillmore Street to Browser Books and then afterwards paused for lunch and then walked after lunch um, to the historic Presidio and Golden Gate branches, Golden Gate Valley branches of the Public Library, which are both Carnegie branches. And afterwards, we walked down to the marina and visited Books Inc. on Chestnut Street. And my grand plan had been to finish the day at City Light Books in North Beach, followed by Happy Hour Cocktail at the Studios. But alas, the day went longer than anticipated, and we had to end it without the grand finale. But it was a beautiful day, and I highly recommend to anyone that loves books and local bookstores to consider a similar adventure. Um, I'm constantly reminded of how lucky I am to live in this incredible city. And I wanted to thank you both again for your super fun and uplifting podcast. I look forward to it every week. Oh my God, that was the perfect Total SF phone call. Um, I just absolutely love everything that Stacy said right there and everything she's doing. Me too. That was 
a very nice pat on the back for us. We aim to make people feel better and more connected to the city. And so we're glad we've done that for you, Stacy. Yeah, I just love the idea of exploring the city randomly. I feel like um, so much of what we're doing is about celebrating the great things about San Francisco. I think the best way to do that is to just plot your own little random adventure um, ended a little bit early. That's okay. You know, sometimes that happens, but, um, I just, just loved hearing that. That was a great phone call. And thank you so much, Stacy. Yeah. I want to do the bookstore tour. I could also imagine it working well for, um, hubs or bars. Um, you could do this with pretty much any small business. You could do boutiques, you could do comic book shops. I know you would like that. Oh, thank you for throwing that in Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be with you on that one. Well, thank you very much, Stacy. Thank you, everyone who's called in. 415-777-7413. Leave us a message. If we don't play it, if I don't get back to you, I apologize. We got a lot more than we expected. And I love that we're doing this, Heather. This has been really fun. Great idea on your part. You get an A-plus for creativity and repurposing your work phone line, which um, <laughs> <laughs> who's using their work phone lines anymore? Yeah, that... <laughs> I don't even know where the phone is, um, but I'm glad that it's getting some use. <laughs> thanks again to Stacy. We will send you a t-shirt as well. Thanks again, everybody, and thanks for listening to Total SF. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a Digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.